to the exit 59 off of 81. Right before we got to it, the temperature was just on its way up to peg because the belt was gone. Before we crested the hill to get to the exit, the temperature on the van dropped. Why? The, the water pump wasn't turning, but God. The temperature dropped, and we got right off that ramp. There ain't no way that that temperature could have dropped. When it goes up, when you ain't got no water circulating, it keeps on getting warm. Right. Hey, somebody in that far. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory hey there. Jesus. Uh, let me put my glasses wow. on. <laughs> okay,
change in the room? We first come into this room, have no way of knowing what was done here the previous six days. We come in here, it feels like it's any other kind of room. We open our mouths and pray, dedicate the room to God and invite God in here to do whatever He wants to Hallelujah. do. Say whatever He wants to say. Change whatever He wants to change. Then when some people get up to worship God with all their hearts and we join with them, all the atmosphere of the room changes. We feel it. I'm glad for God. But I can tell when He shows up. Sounds silly. There's a lot of people today call themselves serving God and they ain't ever felt Him show up anywhere. Help them, Jesus. I'm spoiled rotten. Mm. Shows up in my house. That's right. Shows up on my riding mower. Mm. Yes. Shows up when I'm weeding. Come on. He'll show up anywhere we invite Him to show up. Amen. Amen. Right. Well, since the old Nathan got to play today, we have two Nathans. We have young Nathan with us today. And young Nathan has volunteered to come up and help me take up the week's tithe and offering. So young Master Nathan, if you would bring your sanctified Tupperware. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Here, here. I say sanctified Tupperware. All sanctified means is set aside for God. Come on, yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's right. They put all this fancy stuff behind that word modern religion, try to make you think, you know, to be sanctified, you got to be perfect. If that was true, wouldn't nobody be sanctified. Amen. All sanctified means what? Separate yourself from the world. Separate from the world. For God's yes. use, he blurted out the whole definition out of that parking lot. <laughs> I got a feeling this boy gets trained at home. Amen. That's right. Yes. So young Master Nathan, would you do us the privilege of praying over this time? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Y'all have heard me many times say that one of the biggest benefits actually over the years I have learned for me the biggest benefit of serving God is knowing God's people. Mm. Now, pay attention to the wording. Biggest benefit of knowing God is you know you don't have to go to hell. Say what you want. I'm glad I ain't going to hell. But the biggest benefit of serving God is that you get to know God's people. Amen. So what that means is, is that for people that never had a relationship with, with, with the biological father, maybe a young boy or a young girl that grew up in a home and, and maybe they never had that dad around or maybe their mom had boyfriend after boyfriend and just treated them like extra lucky. Some of you have heard this a thousand times, I know. Those kids grow up. And when those kids grow up and, and, and they come looking for God and God blesses us enough to trust us with them when they come in here, they Amen. might not have had a daddy out there, but they find one in here. Amen. Yes. 
And for some of us older people, maybe maybe we don't have uh, uh, active relationships with our grown children. Maybe something back down the road in that old life has caused that to be severed. First of all, let me say that God can fix that. Thing. Amen. That's right. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. Thirty years, I didn't have any relationship with my biological daughter because she was stuck on who I used to be. But for 30 years, I ain't been that man, and it took her 30 years. But during this last year, she has reached out to me after Thank 30 years. Thank you, Jesus. Years. Hallelujah. Now, I hope it don't take that long for you if you're in that situation, but I just want you to know God can fix it even if it seems dead. Yes, amen. You just keep being the new you, and sooner or later they're going to realize that's who you are, and you ain't going back to the old you. Amen. When that sinks in, they'll be looking for you. They'll be coming to find you. You hear what I said? Mm-hmm. They'll be coming to find you. So anyway, all the relationships that you might not have ever had in your life before God, when you come to God, they're all there. That's I mean, you, you, you may have never been close to a brother, maybe never even had a biological brother, but when you get in a real church family, God have you a brother up in there that'll, yeah. come, that'll come help you. In the, God have a brother for you, a little trailer up to drive it eight hours to get you stuck right. down here in Arnold's right. backyard. Amen. Amen. Do that Amen. That's true. Huh? Or God will do that. Bring you gas on a bean mountain. Exactly what he does. there? Hallelujah. Now remember what I said earlier? It starts out, we step in and help somebody else live what Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. They get to know that God and they step in and help somebody else. I watched it play out over and over, man. It's awesome. Yes. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. The thing that I love the most about the kingdom of God is the family God. Yes. Man, I love the Russell family. Amen. I love the Needham family. I love the Goff family, the Allen family. I love the Wells family. And, and there's more coming. Yes. And if there ain't, my cup is filled and overflowing with, with, with family, man. Mm-hmm. So I guess the reason I'm on that right now is because we've had the benefit and the privilege this weekend of having uh, the sound of children's laughter. Amen, that's right. And bawling when they get swatted. <laughs> We've had the privilege of having that in our home this weekend. Uh, two of our our kids, and they are. Yes. Uh-huh. First time I met this young lady right here. Well, it's the first time I met both of them. I was preaching in a service in North Carolina and never seen them before. It was altar time, and she come up front, or she was thinking about it and went like this and she come up front. Come on up here. Get out up here. I didn't know what I was in store for. She almost ran me clean over. <laughs> Rearranged some furniture. And there was a bond that was made. Yeah. When those bonds were made, I ain't about all that religious political correctness. No. No, I'm your brother. You're my whatever you are to me. And if somebody else down the road don't like that, oh well, I don't owe them nothing. Amen. They ain't doing nothing for me. I'm going to love whoever God puts in my path, man. Yeah. That's right. People got a problem with that, just got a problem. It don't cause me to lose no sleep. That's right. Uh, we have a son and a daughter that we're very proud of. Yeah. And they're here with us this weekend, and three grandkids. Yes. Uh, I was trying to lay before the Lord this morning before service. It's a thing I have to do. I pour it all out. I wasn't very successful with that because I would hear peals of laughter. Echoing through the house. Now, do you think it was the children? 
It was my wife. Amen. I would hear her busting out loud. I mean, I'm talking about horse laughing. And I'm trying to go to sleep, and finally I just lay there and listen to my wife laugh. And I thought, you know what? If there was ever anything to keep a husband from getting mad, it's the sound of his wife laughing. Yes, hallelujah. Because that's medicine. That's good stuff. So we've asked June to come up. Yes. And to worship the Lord today. Yes. Hallelujah. To so, young lady, come on up here. Oh, Lord, Lord. I love you. I love you too, baby girl. You can do whatever you need to do. You know I will. Uh, that's good. <laughs> How y'all doing? Amen. Right. Praise the Lord. You know you're saved, sanctified, and covered by the blood. Amen. Let's give him some praise this morning. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's just confirm the song I'm going to sing. Now, I want to sing a whole other song. Mm, come on. When God says, Bless the Lord. Somebody going to need this song. Mm -hmm. This song, now I like this song. Y'all just bear with me here for a second. Um. Mm. When I heard this song, I just I had to listen to it over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Y'all ever had that song? Oh, yeah. Y'all yeah, yeah, put yeah. it on replay for yeah. ten, ten times, and even that's not enough? Mm. Um, and then as I was listen, listening to the song on the way here, you know, throughout the day, it got me thinking how this whole year God has showed up and showed out. Come on. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Now, we have been through we have been through it all this year it seems like mm -hmm. him being sick mm -hmm. I can't even get into so glory but even like all of us had COVID just a couple weeks ago let me tell you let me tell you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus but as I went through as I look back at the things that we went through this year it was him who went, who got Come us on. through those Come things. Come on. Yes. Right. Right. And only him. Yes. Yeah. We can, you know, whenever things happen and things, you know, he puts you to that test just to see, do you, do you really, really mm. have faith in me? Do you really think? Do you really, you know, I'm about to, we about to find out. Wow. And it seems like that's all he's been doing. <laughs> anyway, but that's all right because we have stand strong and we are standing firm on the rock. Amen. It ain't nothing going to knock us off. Amen. Of Hallelujah. And just like with my family, the devil can't have, ain't going to have my family. No, come on. Ain't going to have my marriage. Come on. Ain't going to have your husband. Yeah. Ain't going to have your children. Bless her. Bless her. Because he gave, he gave, he's already given us that power. Whew. All we have to do is look that devil right in the eye. All right. <laughs> well, we got to be scared for him. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. He may look like a dinosaur. That's what I tell my kids. I'm sorry. He may look like he ain't nothing but an ant. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. yes. Come on, man. Right. Come on. That's right. That's all we have to do. Mm. And I know sometimes it seems like, oh, you know, like artists, you know, we blame a lot on the enemy. That's not. Um, that's just not him, you know, because a lot of it. Our worst, our worst enemy is our own self, mm -hmm. our yeah. mind, yes. the things we tell ourselves, yes. the things we put in our heads, the things that we we still True. live in the past. When that's already under the blood, that's right. mm. but we do it to ourselves. But we tend to look at the devil, and you know, it's your fault. <laughs> 
we give them too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But this song, and every time I think about it, I go back to this song because it was him every time. And it's going to be him every time. Even if it ain't him, he's going to see me through. Yeah. Because that's what his word says. That's right. He does all things for the good of those who love him. That's right. Yeah. So it don't matter, uh, like, because uh, I've been going through some uh, gum problems. And uh, it seems like every night it hits. As soon as I lay it out. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, you know, every night I say, Lord, please, you know. And then the next day, a couple days ago, he, he brought me to Paul. My grace is sufficient. Yes, yes. Rejoice. Yes. <laughs> I was like, say no more. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all just worship with me this morning. Yes. As we up, give him all the praise and all the glory. Mm, hallelujah. Because it's about him regardless. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sometimes I lie. Tell you what Jesus means to me. Yeah. And I find myself searching for words to say just what I mean. Yes. Jehovah 
desire of God to break bondage for somebody right now. Well, see, this is what I mean about we're going to have to start getting the room earlier. Mm -hmm. I got a message to preach and I'm going to preach it. It's been stirring in me for two weeks and I'm not going home with it today. Sing Lord. Right now, God has a desire right this moment in time to instantly break whatever bond you might have in your life. 
He wants to do it without you coming up here or me going back there. He wants to do it just because of you. I'm not going to go down a list of what bonds might be because if you know you've got one, you already know. And I'm talking to you. If there wasn't anybody in here that had one, I wouldn't be saying none of this. So whatever your bond is that you need broken right now, God will break it right now. So I'm just going to ask you, put your hand in the air, and I'm going to pray that God is, not can. No back door for the preacher. God is going to break that bond right now. Father, I thank you, Lord. Ha. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you would not see your children in bondage to anything, Father. I thank you, Lord, you wouldn't see a chain upon us, not one link of a chain. You wouldn't see anything have power over us, God, other than you, Lord. So I thank you, Father, that right now those bonds are broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Done. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Now let me help you with that while you're turning to 1 Samuel 13. Hmm. What was that? 1 Samuel 13. Well, one of the many Democrat, politically correct holidays that's been invented for Hallmark. It's called Juneteenth. Now the reason behind this holiday I think is a noble thing. Yeah. Back when the slaves had been set free and there was no longer any legal right to hold a man in slavery, there were some slaves in a part of our country that had not heard yet. So even though the law said they were free, they did not know they were free. Right. So even though right now God has broken bonds, for those of you that lifted your hands and those bonds to Him, what you need to understand is you need to know that you're free. You need to know yes. it. Thank you, Jesus. Because whatever that bond was, when you leave this room, the enemy of your soul is going to do whatever he can to make you feel like you are still in bondage to whatever that thing is. And the reason he wants you to feel that is because if he can get you to think for one minute, well, man, I guess God didn't set me free. I guess I'm not free. If he can get you to confess that, you will not be free because right. he will put those handcuffs on you the minute that comes out of your mouth and sinks in your heart. So what you need to know is you are free. So when you walk out of here today and you feel that old feeling, whatever it is, that enemy whispers in your ear and tells you that you are indeed not free, you just open your mouth, no matter who's around you, and say, I have been set free in the name yes. of Jesus. Yes. You ain't putting those cuffs back on me. Mm -hmm. 
get behind me, Satan, and go on about your way. Do not pick that thing back up. Do not let it have power back over you because right now it has none. First Samuel 13. I want to thank everybody for being to our very first homecoming. Yes. God is doing an unusual thing in our church family. I love it. I've never seen it before. We have more families here today with us from out of state than we do live in state. Yeah. The thing that is unusual to me and awesome is that the families that are from out of state are every bit as much church families the ones that live here right, right in this area. Yeah. That's right. I've never seen that before anywhere. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad God has trusted all of us to do such a thing and be a part of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. amen. So we have amen. decided that what we're going to do is we're going to make uh, every year uh, the picnic at Memorial Day weekend. And the one at the end of the summer for Labor Day, we're going to have a homecoming. We're going to do it twice a year. Yeah. And we will do on our end here in Tennessee whatever we can do to make uh, lots available for the people with campers to open yep. up homes for anybody that can come. Yes. And we will just have us a good time in the Lord every time we do that. So, yeah. But thank all of you. And just so you know, the ones of us that live here, we do not take for granted the sacrifices you make to people. And we pray for you all yes. the time, just like you were here all the time. Yep. Just so you know. But God began to give me a message two weeks ago, and it wasn't for last Sunday. And he didn't give me last Sundays until Sunday. <laughs> I've never had him do that before. So I've been waiting a little while to get this one out of me because it's aggravating me half to death. So here we go. First Samuel chapter number 13. We're going to read starting with verse number 16. Samuel 13 and 16. If you found it, say, I found it. Found it. And Saul and Jonathan his son, and the people that were present with them, abode in Gibeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Michmash. And the spoilers, well, they live up to that name, the raiders. They're thieves. They come out to kill. They come out to steal. They come out to take people's harvests that they've worked to bring. The spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines and they split up into three companies. One company turned on the way that led to Oprah. Oprah. Just kidding. She's not that old. That way that leads to Ophrah under the land of Shul, and another company turned the way to Bethron, and another company turned to the way of the border that looked to the valley of Zeboam toward the wilderness. Hey, they was going in three different directions because they was going to take all the harvest they could take. They was going to steal everything the people of God had been working all year long to grow and to acquire, and they were going everywhere. They wanted it all. Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. The smith is the person that forms weapons. The person that is trained in how to make weapons to use in defense or offense. To, to arm armies. There was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel because the Philistines said, if we let them have any smiths, they'll make swords or spears. Now you want to hear something stupid? Listen to this. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share, his coulter, his axe, and his mattock. These are all uh, gardening tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the enemy didn't have a problem with them growing a harvest. They just didn't want them keeping it. We'll get there in a minute. Lord, help us. 
So they went down to the enemy to get their garden tools sharpened. Let me help you for a minute. Don't ever go to your enemy to help you get your garden tools mm-hmm. sharpened. Come on. The only reason he's going to help you grow something is so when he gets done and you've done all the hard work, he can come and steal it when yeah. it's time to eat it. Yeah. But they had a file for the Maddox and the Coulters, for the forks and the axes, and to sharpen the goads. So it came to pass in the day of the battle, since there weren't any smiths and there weren't any weapons, that there was neither sword nor spear in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. In the day of battle, there wasn't any weapons. But with Saul and Jonathan, they had a weapon. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Father, for breathing it into my soul. I ask you, God, to help me get it out today. Help me preach this the way you want me to, Father, and let it do what you intended it to do. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. I have a word for you today. And the word is, if there is a smith here, will you be a weapon? We find the people of God in this section of Scripture in this season where they're not the rulers of their own land. They're not in power. They're not in control. They're not free to live their lives the way they want to. They're not free to live in the peace and prosperity of the blessings of God, but rather they are subservient to a heathen nation. People of God in this era do not have a godly government. They do not have godly laws. They do not have godly rulers over their nation. What they do have, however, is a king who can't protect them and an abundance of people in their religion who hold offices. <laughs> We're going to have fun in a minute. <laughs> they have an abundance of people who have positions of authority in their government and religion, and yet, though these office holders and titled people exercise authority over the people of God, none of these people have any power or authority over the enemy that dominates the people of God's lives. Looking from the outside, this is ridiculous. doesn't make any sense. And you have to wonder what in the world is wrong with the people who follow a king and a priest who can neither one deliver them. Why have a king that can't protect you? Why have a priest if you can't be free? And while it's always easier to see the trees in somebody else's forest, I'm here today to talk about the trees in the forest of the modern day American church. I'm here to say that while these people seem foolish to us for allowing powerless people to hold positions and titles in their religion and lead them, the modern American church is much the same condition. Mm -hmm. Now first, I got to say before I get started, when it comes to kings, we serve the right king. We're blessed to serve King Jesus. We're blessed to serve the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. We're blessed to serve the King who created the sun and holds it in its orbit. We're blessed to serve the King who was here before anything else. We're blessed to serve the King who separated the light from the dark, hung the stars in the sky, and spoke everything into existence until... 
We serve the King who created everything we can see just by saying, let it be until us. You see, the most amazing thing about the amazing King we serve is the way He loves us. He dotes on us. He favors us. Because when our King, the King of all kings, when our King had spoken everything else into existence, He did it preparing it just for us. Just for our enjoyment. Oh, how He loves us. And while that is amazing all by itself, the thing that puts the icing on the cake for me is though He created everything else for us, whether it be for our enjoyment or for our nourishment, Everything He created before us, He created by His Word. But when He got to us, when it got time to create the ones that all other things were created for, when it was our turn to be brought into existence by the King, He didn't just speak us into existence, though He could have. He didn't just bring us into the rest of His creation by His Word, though He could have. And we never would have known the difference. He didn't do it that way. And the reason He didn't do it that way is because in the eyes of the Almighty God, we were going to be special in the eyes of the almighty God we were going to be the crowning achievement of all his creation not just because we were the ones he created everything else for but because we were the ones he created just to have a relationship with thank you we were the ones He was going to bring into existence for His pleasure. So though our King had created everything else by His Word, when He got to us, He got down in the dirt and formed us. When He got to us, He formed us in His own image. So I'm telling you today that we serve a King who has been hands-on since the very beginning. We serve a King who is all-powerful, able to deliver us, to heal us, to lead us, to guide us. We serve a king that has all power, all authority over all the enemy. So we serve the right king today. And the most amazing thing out of all of it is he wants to have a relationship with the pickle that's got all the warts. He wants to have a relationship with every single one of you. The king of all kings created you so he can know you, so he can love you, so you could be his and he could be yours. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Mm. So today, we don't resemble the people of God in the day and age we read of when it comes to our king. We do, however, resemble them in the fact that the modern day American church is loaded to the gills with people in positions and titles who are absolutely powerless. We are overloaded with priests, pastors, and preachers who can't cast the devil out of a gnat. We are overrun with people in pulpits who can't pray anybody to deliverance, have never been used by God to heal anybody, and never have the power of the Holy Ghost manifested when they preach. And that is not the will of God 
for God's people. The saddest thing about all this is that the American modern day church further resembles our story today because even though pulpits have been proven to be powerless and unanointed, people of God still follow them in droves. People of God still allow them to exercise authority in their lives. And I'm here today to tell you this has got to stop. Come on. Hear me today, Bridge family. Don't you ever submit yourself uh, to the powerless and the unanointed. Amen. Don't you ever follow anybody with no power and no anointing. Uh, never sit under anybody who can't pray you to deliverance and exercise authority over the demons in your life uh, that want to destroy you. Yeah. Never. Amen. Amen. Never. We don't serve a powerless God, oh, and God ain't ever had a powerless preacher. If a preacher ain't got any power, he ain't God's preacher. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Bless him, Lord. You're either in the church or you're in a religion. Come on. And if you follow a preacher with no power, you ain't in the church. You're in a religion. Yeah. You can't find a preacher in God's Bible that never had the power to pray a devil out of somebody. You never find a preacher in the Bible that never had the power to be used by God for healing for somebody. You never find a powerless preacher in the Bible, but you find them in the Vatican. Come on. You find them leading the Southern Baptist Convention. You find them in the Methodist Church. You find them in the Presbyterian Church. You find them in the Unitarian Church. And you're ready for this? You find them in the Apostolic Come Church. On, amen. Because there's That's a whole right. lot of folks call them apostolics. Yeah. They ain't got any power. Never fast a meal. Never pray a prayer in their lives. Don't know Jesus. And have never had the Holy Ghost. But when you run into the real power yes. of God, everything kneels at the name of Jesus. Everything. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I'm not casting stones. I'm speaking truth today. I don't care what the shingle outside the door is. I wouldn't give a rip if it was called the first church of the Big Mac and supersized fries. If I walked in there and they baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and preached the word, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, yeah. the shingle don't matter. That is my brother, Hallelujah. and that's the Bible church. Yeah. But that don't still mean the man in the pulpit is God's preacher. Mm -hmm. God's preacher is gonna know God. Yes, yes. Quoting the Bible. Don't mean we know God. Right. It means we got a good memory. Yeah. Hello? Yes. Knowing every verse in the Bible don't mean we know God. Right. If I read my Bible in front of Ralphie, our parent, long enough, Ralphie the Come parent on. would quote the Bible back to me, and he'd know a lot more Bible than some of these preachers that run yeah. around quoting Bible but never live by any of it. I'm saying God is getting ready to separate religion yes. from church. Yes. And we gotta make sure we're found in the church. I wanna be in the church. Yes. Amen. 
I'm going to be able to tell somebody that's found my drugs, hey, I can pray for you, and if that don't work, I can bring you to church. I got a crazy preacher in there, and I got some crazy sisters in there, and I got some crazy brothers in there that'll get all around you and lay their hands on you and pray the fire of God on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And you won't walk away and still be addicted and have the church say after you leave, well, they just didn't want it. Mm. Lying church. Mm. Nobody ever leaves the altar undelivered because they didn't want it. Amen. They leave the altar undelivered because the church couldn't deliver them. Mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Somebody in Spotify will amen right there. It's all right. <laughs> I said what I said. Yeah. Nobody ever comes to the altar seeking after something from God and leaves without it, right. and it's their fault. Amen. Right. Hello. Amen. It might be their fault they're in the mess they're in, but it's also their fault they were looking for the answer to the mess they're in, and we're the ones yeah. supposed to have the answer. Yeah. They ain't got to bring nothing up in here other than the problem. Yeah. They ain't even got to believe God can do it. Yeah. We got to believe yeah. God can do it. Yeah. And if we believe God yeah. can do it, and we'll be the church, yeah. God will do it. Yeah. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I want to be in the church. Yes, Jesus. And I'm tired of making excuses for powerless preachers and dead churches. And I ain't going to do it no more. And that includes us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ever comes in here and needs deliverance and I pray for them and they leave and they ain't delivered, that ain't their fault. That's my fault. Because it ain't God's fault. It ain't their fault. That's my fault. So you know what that means? That means if they leave and they're undelivered, I gotta get some more time on my face. I gotta get something out of the way of my heart so God can let the power that He promised would flow through me to help somebody flow through me. He said, These signs shall follow them. That's something in the way, and it's something in me. So when they come in here needing something, and I pray for them, and they don't get it, that ain't their fault, that ain't your fault, that ain't God's fault, that's the preacher's fault. Mm. I'm the first preacher I'm going to talk about. They ain't half as hard on any others as I am on me. Because yeah. it ain't them that's been called to do my job. Right. If you're here today, I'm sorry you're still sick. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But I know to God that Bible says I can lay my hands on you, teacher. Yes. Amen. That Bible says you will be healed. Yes. And I've laid my hands on you 15 times if I've laid them on you once. And you're still fighting that illness. And I hate that. And I'm not going to open my mouth and say, well, God's will. God, what God's will is you be healed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. God's will is I believe yes. and lay my hands on you yes. and God will yes. heal you. But I promise you one thing. I might pray for you 19 times and you not be healed, but I'm coming back for 20. Come on. Yeah. And I might pray for you 20 times and you not be healed, but I'm coming back 21. Yeah. And I'm going to keep yeah. coming back until you think you're more sick of me than you are the sickness I'm trying to bring out of you. But I'm going to keep coming back until whatever it is that's in the way of God gets out of the way of God and you get what God said you could have. Amen. Yes. yes. Thank you, Jesus. I need a fighter. That's right. Jesus. 
We either need a smaller laptop or a wider pulpit. We got to figure something out. Amen. <laughs> you hear me today, Bridge Church? Never sit under preaching that never causes a room to change. Amen. Amen. The room changes at Democratic conventions. Come on. It changes at the Republican National Congress. Yeah. They get up in the room and give a good speech. Have you ever heard the lieutenant governor of North Carolina give a speech? The room changes. How in the blaze is saying, do you sit under a preacher Sunday after Sunday preaching the holy word of God and the room don't change? Get out of there. Get out of there. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to say this, and I mean it with all my heart. If you ever sit here and I preach the word and the room don't change, and it does that more than one Sunday in a row, because I'm going to tell you something. There are times where God will walk away from the preacher when he's preaching and not change the room. Yeah. And he'll do that because he wants to remind that preacher, it ain't you, old boy, when Come that on. room changes. Amen. Mm -hmm. I go places and the church jumps up and does apostolic calisthenics. I ain't lying to you. And I go places and they run laps and they get all loud and they start getting loud and I got to stop because I want them to hear what I'm saying. I ain't trying to outshout nobody. I'm too old to do it. I'll just wait till they're done then I'll say what I got to say because it's important. But all that don't mean nothing if God ain't in it. Amen. Amen. And every now and then God will I'll preach and think it's going to be a word going to help somebody and I'll get up here and it sounds like Charlie Brown's a teacher. Remember that? Womp, 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 womp. And you look out and Nathan's snoring, Kitty's yawning, Lori's checking her phone, and I'm wanting to get out of here faster than all three of them. And you know why? It ain't because I didn't study. It ain't because I didn't pray. It ain't because it ain't a good word It's in the Bible. It's because every now and then God steps back yeah. away from the preacher yeah. and reminds the preacher how good he is when it's just the preacher. God's got to remind the preacher that we ain't nothing without him. That's right. right. Amen. But I had to that up by telling you if it ever happens two Sundays in a row, it ain't because I didn't get the point the first time. It's because there's something wrong with the preacher. And don't sit here. <laughs> Do not, whoo, boy, I done left all that. Bless him. Do not come to the bridge because you love Iris. Do not come to the bridge because you love Kitty. Don't come because you love Jimmy, Stacy, Nathan, Abby, Lori, Travis. Don't you come here because you love anybody else. Now, if you do, I'm glad for that. And I hope you will. You need to find a way to love everybody. But don't let that be why you come here. You need to come here because you know that no matter what else happens when you come, you are going to encounter God. Yes. Hallelujah. And if that ever changes, don't come here. Uh-huh. Yeah. They don't preach that in preaching school, I don't reckon. Mm -mm. I don't know. They didn't teach that in prison. <laughs> I reckon them YouTube prophets don't preach this kind of stuff, but I do. You know why? Because I love your soul. Yes. Amen. That's right. And I cannot imagine anything that would make my life more wasted and more pitiful than to be the reason you don't wind up in heaven. Not this old boy. 
I'm doing everything I know how to do to help you get there. I got one job, and that's to help you get home. One, that's it. It ain't no harder, and it ain't no easier. Help you get home. That's it. If I gotta make you mad to get you home, you best plan on being mad. Because I will if it means getting you home. If I gotta make you cry and boo-hoo to altar to get you home, you gonna cry and boo-hoo to altar because I wanna get you home. If I gotta make you say, I can't believe half the stuff he says out of his mouth. I can't believe. If that's what it takes to get you home, then you ain't gonna be able to believe half the stuff I say out of my mouth. Because all I wanna do is get you home. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Jesus. I told you. Imagine walking around with this for two weeks. So we find the people of God in a season where they are not the rulers of their own land. Does that make sense? Let that sentence sink in. The people of who? God. In a season where they're not the rulers of their own land. They're not in power, not in control, not free to live their lives the way they want to. It doesn't make any sense. That's not the will of God. The people are in submission to a heathen nation, the Philistines. The thing that makes this more pitiful is that just let this sink in, please. Do you know how long Samson ruled well? 20 years. And then he died lost. He did everything right for 20 years. Led God's people for 20 years. Ruled the people of God well. Represented God well. Defended God's people for 20 years. And then died lost. Now if he's in heaven, I'll apologize to him. But I, I don't think so. But the thing that makes this even sadder, our story today, is that 20 years ago, these same people had defeated these same Philistines and had been freed. And the weird thing is, the spiritual leader they have now, Samuel, is the same spiritual leader they had when they broke free of their bondage 20 years ago. So how is it possible that in 20 years' time, under the same leader, they become enslaved again to the same thing they were in bondage to before? I can tell you of a certainty it did not happen overnight. Amen. It happened little by little. The enemy's power grew slowly, unnoticed, until by the time the people of God realized it, it was too late. They were already prisoner again to the very same enemy they had been set free from just one generation earlier. And I'm here today to say that is the spiritual leader's fault. When God used Samuel to deliver the people of God 20 years ago, God did all the work, Jimmy. But once the people were set free, it was the preacher's time to work. What do I mean? Verse 19, there was no smith found throughout all the land. So it came to pass in the day of battle, there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of the people of God. No smiths, no weapons. No weapons. Nobody learns how to fight. If nobody learns how to fight, the question ain't if they will be in bondage to an enemy again. The question is when. God did the fighting the first time, but once they were free, God expected them to learn to fight for themselves and defend their freedom. 
Well, you cannot learn to fight without weapons. If there ain't no smiths, there ain't no weapons. Where were the smiths in the other days, in the early days? Were there any? I would say, knowing Samuel in his early days like we do, there probably were. Because when Samuel started out, he took his office of priesthood very seriously. Yes. So if they were there in the beginning, what happened? How could there have been smiths to make weapons in the early days of the people of God's freedom, but no smiths and no weapons in the hands of those same people when the same enemy showed up 20 years later? The Bible does not tell us, but please permit me the liberty to draw upon nearly 30 years of priesthood experience and venture and educated guests. Most newly liberated people do not want to learn how to fight. They just want to enjoy their new freedom. Most newly liberated people don't want to hear that the enemy God just defeated will be back someday yeah. to yeah. see if they have learned to fight or not. They just want to hear about all their new privileges that come with their new freedom. Amen. My guess today is that back when the people of God were first set free, there were weapon-making smiths in their land. My guess today is that back when the people of God were first set free, Samuel did sound the trumpet of warning that yes, God did set them free this time, and yes, the enemy is defeated, and he is powerless right now, but your enemy is not dead. He will be back someday Amen. to see if you have used your newfound free time to learn to fight or just live large. Amen. My guess is that 20 years previous to the day we read of today, Samuel did try to get the people of God to take their enemies' return seriously. Samuel did try to get the people of God to go to the weaponsmith and get a custom-made weapon. My guess is Samuel did try to get the people of God to get themselves a weapon and get themselves trained. Yeah. But drunk with freedom, drunk with prosperity, drunk with newfound privileges and benefits of freedom, they didn't listen, so Samuel grew discouraged, gave up, and quit. And when nobody comes for weapons, weaponsmiths close shop and move on. The reason this is my guest today is because whereas in Samuel's day, the people of God went to an iron and a metal smith to get physical weapons to learn to defend themselves from their enemies. In the church age, the people of God are given spiritual yes. weapons, spiritual smiths, if you will, to put God's weapons in their hands and train them to use them to not only defend their newfound freedom, but to enlarge their territory. I stand before you today as a man who knows who he is and knows what he is. I am a man who was brought in out of the alley and the crack house. Yeah. I was a man brought in out of the bars and the clubs. I was a man brought in out of the jails and the prisons, brought in out of addiction and alcoholism. I have no problem knowing I wasn't God's first pick. 
I'm just glad God picked Amen. me. Amen. While I'm perfectly aware of where he brought me from, yeah. I also know what he brought me here to do. And that is to be a spiritual smith yeah. and put weapons in the hands of God's people and teach them to not only defend their new freedom, but to enlarge their territory. The reason I know Samuel gave up is because there was a day I did too. Yeah. Did I preach and teach how to walk in newfound freedom? Yeah. But I also preached and taught that newfound freedom has to be defended and there is more territory to claim. For years, I stood in my post and tried my best to get the people of God to arm themselves with God's weapons and get trained in them, but drunk with freedom, drunk with prosperity, drunk with newfound privileges and benefits of freedom, most people would not listen. Nobody would come for weapons. Nobody would stay for training. And I grew discouraged, closed shop, and moved on. I quit, and I failed God. I'm not proud of this. I shouldn't have done it. I just grew discouraged leading people to newfound freedom they wouldn't learn to defend because I knew that I would have to stand by and watch them lose it. Uh -huh. Hear me. If you will not learn to defend what you have won in God, you will lose it. Yes. Just like Jeremiah, I shut my mouth and swore it and never opened it again. But just like Jeremiah, the Word of God began to burn in my bones like a fire. And it wasn't a pleasant fire. It was a fire of shame and guilt. It was a fire of knowing that without weapons, God's people would be in bondage all their life, never be free, and wind up in a devil's hell. And as if the fire of conviction didn't burn hot enough, God began to do something that made it worse. He began to send Stacy Wellses to me, who had religious title holders in their lives, who had no power. These Stacy Wellses, they knew somehow that wasn't right, and the fire burned hotter in my soul. God began to send Lori Russells and Bonnie Allenses and TJ and June Needhams to me who had been around religion all their life but knew there was something missing and the fire of shame and conviction burned worse in me. God began to send people to me that were looking for weapons to gain a freedom they knew they should have and defend that freedom and to even take new territory and the fire burned worse until I joined my brother Jeremiah once again who said I am pained in my heart mm. my heart makes a yeah. noise in me yeah. I cannot hold my peace Hallelujah. my soul has heard the sound of the trumpet it has heard the alarm thank of war thank you Jesus I learned the only thing worse than watching somebody gain freedom who wouldn't learn to keep it. The only thing worse than watching them lose it is watching hungry people 
only thing worse than watching people. thing worse than watching people get an awesome life and then not want to learn to fend and lose it all in front of your eyes. The only thing that breaks your heart worse than that is when God keeps sending people to you that want all that, then you won't teach them. So when I learned that, I made a vow to God. I said, all right, God, the only way I'm going to pastor is to be a weaponsmith. I'm not going to stand in the pulpit and just preach things and draw crowds and build congregations, and I promise you, whether you believe it or not, I can. I said, God, if you ain't going to leave me alone and you're just going to keep sending good people to me who want to do war against the devil, I don't want to be a YouTube prophet. stand my post at the bridge until I'm dead. But I will be a smith. That's why those of you that have learned from me, you know the first thing I teach you is how to get the blood of Jesus. How to get the name of Jesus Amen. and its authority. Amen. And then I teach you how to starve yourself one day a week. Mm -hmm. Because I want you to have a weapon in your hand. Yes. Amen. I don't want to sit back and watch a destroyer come to your house. Amen. I don't want to watch him split your marriage and ruin your kids. Yes. I don't want to come to your house which I'm fire with buckets of water and know that my water is not enough. That by now you should have had your own. And God's not going to honor my water for your fire. What I do want to do when the enemy comes to your house and knocks on your door, I want to stand right next to you. Yes, yes. And I want to stand with my hand on the hilt of my sword, mm. and I want to wait until I hear your sword Jesus. come out of your sheet. Yes, And I want to watch you look that devil right in his eyes and say, Jesus. you ain't welcome here anymore, yes. old boy. Yes. You used to yes. come up in my house all the time. But I'm alarmed and dangerous yes. now. Hallelujah. And you ain't got any right in Hallelujah. there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. I want to just stand and take my hand off Jesus. the sheets. Just walk away and say, Jesus. Take that. Yes. Some of y'all might have been wondering why I ain't doing all these things at Carl Reach. I ain't trying to grow no crowd. I listen to me. I'm not boasting. I guarantee you. 
we could double the size of the number of people in this congregation oh, yeah. in one week's time. Yeah. I ain't trying to grow a crowd. I'm trying to grow soldiers. Yes. yes. I ain't trying to bring 19 people with 95 devils up in here so everybody up in here can stand back and say, oh, what the preacher going to do? What the preacher going to do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Come on. I'm trying to arm soldiers. So once we're all armed and dangerous, yeah. we can go out there and bring them all in here and tell yeah. them, you just bring all the devils been tormenting you and all your family all their life. Bring them on up in here because yes. there's some devil killing people yes. up in here. Yes. Amen. Help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. I want to baptize people and I want to pray them through to the Holy Ghost. Yes. But I do not want to sit back and watch them fall prey to the same enemy they got loose from. Come on, amen. So I'm here today to tell you, look, I've told you this 500 times, man, and by now you know it's true. I only got one flavor. And those of you that that are at other churches and, and I go preach to your church, you know it's the same there, only worse. They tell you, I'm meaner when I go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm mean, I don't know why they keep asking me back. I beat them half to death and somehow they want to do it again. Ask them. But this is all I got right here. I will teach you how to keep your freedom, how to defend what God has blessed you with. And I will teach you how to gain more territory because God has more territory for you. You will be the weapon. You will be the weapon against the devil. You will be the weapon against the kingdom of darkness. You will be a weapon formed by God to pull down strongholds and demolish the punk devils Thank you, principality. Hallelujah. I said the punk devil. Yes. Because he's punked out. The Bible says God destroyed the works of the devil. Then why do we see his works everywhere? God destroyed his power because he gave the people of God the authority to stick him in time out. Yeah. But people of God who are not armed and dangerous can do nothing with Him. We can and we will. So I came today to say to you, there is a weaponsmith on duty. Will you be a weapon? The United States of America does not need another talented singer. Right. Amen. It needs a weapon. Yes. Amen. The United States of America doesn't need another group of nice people that meet on Sunday and do good works. Right. It needs a group of power-packed people yes. Come on. that can deliver the Amen. people in their city that need to be set free. Amen. The children in our public schools do not just need to be re-indoctrinated by good, pure Amen. Bible knowledge. They need to run into some people who have the power of God yes. to defend yes. them against yes. a spirit of perversion yes. that is trying to ruin their lives before it even gets started. Yes. Our government does not just need people to protest and have peaceful protests. 
They need people that can pray as weapons in the Holy Ghost yes. and change the course of the future of this nation. Yes. Yes. Our country needs weapons. Our cities need weapons. God needs weapons. Amen. Will you be a weapon? Amen. Hear me. I say this as a warning out of love. If you will not, you will lose most of what you have gained. Do I say that because I think you're less than? Yeah, I think you're less than God. God gave you your freedom. That's right. yeah. You asked Him for it, but God did it. Yes. If you could have quit that bottle, you would have done it the first 900 yeah. times yeah. you wanted to quit that bottle. That's right. But when you gave that bottle to God, God took that yeah. bottle yeah. and gave you your freedom. Yeah. You have got to learn to defend your God-given freedom. Yes, yes, hallelujah. In order to be a weapon, you must submit yourself to weapons training. Yes. yes. Just believe in Jesus died for your sins, so what? The devil believes that. Mm -hmm. He ain't going to heaven. Yeah. Right. right. The devils know there's one God. Yes. And what? Tremble. Tremble. Hallelujah. They ain't going to heaven. They don't only just know God died for us. They know there's only one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they tremble because they know who that God is. Hallelujah. But they ain't going to heaven. You got to submit yourself to training. Hear me. Not to me. Right. Let me toss that out there and say, mm -hmm. in case some church folks think that's a preacher trying to get control. <laughs> no. I ain't trying to get, you think I want to run your house too? No, thank you. I have enough to run it my own. I don't want yours too. <laughs> I don't want to run your marriage. I don't want to run your, I don't want to run you. I'm too old. I'm too tired. And I like my ducks and my chickens, my goats and my dogs. I don't want to be at your house trying to run your house. Amen. Amen. What I would rather do is teach you how to run your house the way God wants you to run your house. Amen. Because if you'll run your house the way God wants you to, you won't need the preacher anyway. <laughs> I've been seeing you Sunday saying, hey, how was your week, dude? Never heard a thing from you. Ain't complaining. I love you. But it's okay with me if I don't get 911! Right. Now, I answered him 911s, but it's okay if I don't get them. Would that be okay with you if you didn't have a 911 all the time? Yeah, well, I'm just telling you today, if you will submit yourself to Bible-based weapons training, oh boy, we're going to start that series. We started it today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done. If you will submit yourself to Bible-based weapons training, that's what we're going to call it two stages if you remind me, because you know, once I'm drunk with more, I forget. <laughs> if you will submit yourself to Bible-based weapons training, what that means is, if you will verify everything you're taught about how to use the weapons of God, yes. if you will verify what you're taught by that book and make sure everything you're taught about those weapons comes from that book, and if you will do it, mm -hmm. it will work. Yeah. If you work it, it works. Amen. If Amen. you don't work it, I'm not going to be your 911 every other day because you're too lazy. Yeah. That's right. Come on. Right. Amen. If I'm going to be at my house missing meals on Wednesday, 
and you ain't at your house missing meals on Wednesday, and you don't fast regular, and means you don't have authority over all the levels of demons Amen. in the world, when all those demons come over and they get all up in your house because you like their zoos, wham whams, ho hos, and Twinkies, and can't miss a meal on Wednesday, and you call me for 911 on Wednesday, I'm gonna ask you, you've been fasting? And if you say no, I'll come to your house and run the devil out. But then we're going to pray for you. Come on. Right. Come on. That's right. Amen, brother. And we're going to pray, Lord, if they can't leave them Twinkies alone next Wednesday, let that devil come on back. Because if they don't learn how to fight them off, hello, come why would you pray the devil comes back? So you'll learn he ain't going to ever stop coming That's back right. until That's you right. learn how to fight for yourself. Guess I ain't got to worry about being on YouTube, brother. That kind of stuff don't go viral, brother. Mm. No, you know when that stuff gets popular? When the preacher's dead. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Y'all got little Raven Hill books in your shelf somewhere. Nobody bought them books till he died. Yeah. Right. Right now, they're canceled. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now, please. stood up in the back of the church one day after the preacher preached something really hard. And still to this day, nobody knows if he just made it up <clears throat> or if it was something they used to sing back in the day while all the rest of the church was alive, you know. <clears throat> he stood in the back of the church and he said, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord, I'm a soldier in the army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. Gonna fight until I die in the army of the Lord. Gonna fight until I die in the army. Gonna fight until I die in the army of the Lord. Gonna fight until I die in the army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. Gonna fight till I die in the army of the Lord. Gonna fight till I die in the army. Gonna fight till I die in the army of the Lord. Gonna fight till I die in the army. Cause I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. I'm a soldier in the 
So take this home with you. Never sit nowhere where there's a powerless preacher. The Bible says the kingdom is not in word. Uh-oh. Come on. But in what? Power! Hallelujah. You sit under a preacher with no power, you sit under a preacher that ain't in the kingdom. Amen. And you cannot get in the kingdom under a preacher that ain't in the kingdom himself. Amen. And if he's in the kingdom, there's going to be some power show up yeah. in that service. Never sit somewhere where there ain't no power because God ain't there. Amen. And make up your mind today. I'm going to be a weapon. Amen. I'm going to keep what God gave me and I want some more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lord, I bless your name today. Thank you, God. Now, thank you for your thank word. You, and Lord, if there was ever a time thank you. where a word like today's word was needed, thank you, it's the day and age that we live in right now. Lord, if the United States of America ever needed the people of God to be weapons and fight, it is today. If the little children in our country ever needed the people of God to be weapons and fight for them, it is today. If the unborn children ever needed the people of God to be weapons and fight for them, it is today. So today, Father, we have made up our mind we will enjoy the benefits of our freedom. We will live a joy-filled, peaceful, prosperous life. And we will walk in high cotton and live high on the hog. But while we do, Father, we will never forget it's your high cotton and it's your hog. And the only reason we have either is because you gave it to yes. us. That's right. So we're making Jesus. up our mind today, God. Thank you, Lord. We're going to defend Thank what our Jesus. good God has given us. Yes. We're going to defend it. We're going to keep it. We're going to have it Thank to you. pass on to our children yes. and their children after yes. them. And not only that, God, but we will regain yes. anything yes. the enemy has ever stolen. And we will increase and enlarge our territory. So I thank you today, Father, for the Russell family. I thank you for the Needham family. I thank you for the Goff family. I thank you for the Wells family. I thank you for the Allen family. I thank you, Lord, for what I have got to watch you do in the short time that I have known all of them. Thank you for the privilege of watching them walk in new freedoms they never had before. Thank you for the privilege of watching them get a relationship with you stronger and deeper and richer and closer and more intimate than they ever had before, God. Thank you for getting to watch that. But today, Father, I pray, Lord, that not only would you help me to teach and equip the church family members that are here for every service. But Lord, you would go with our family members that are going to go back home tomorrow or later on this week. And you would go with them, Father, and you would lead them to a place where they can be trained. And Father, if they're already there, then let them make up their minds that they're going to submit themselves to Bible-based 
spiritual yes, weapons Lord. training card, and they're going to acquire the power that you died for them to have. Yes, I pray now, Lord, that your blessing would be upon your people, that you would be with us tomorrow, Father, when we come together to enjoy the company of God's people. Be with everybody today as they go different ways, Lord. Keep them safe and sound. Bless them real good. And be with us tomorrow, Father. And the church said in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed today in the name of Jesus.